0: Croeso to episode 130 of Alternative Wales, the podcast. I'm joined tonight by the one and only Tommy Cows. Tommy, how are you? How was your weekend?
1: Yeah, not bad, thanks. Right. Um, busy weekend. Um, went to watch my beloved Can Sanan on Saturday. That was a bad result, <laughs> um, but and obviously a bad result last night for Wrexham. Uh, but thankfully, the the meat in that sandwich was a was a big victory for Denby Vets on Sunday. So, yeah. so it hasn't been a bad old few days, really. But uh, could have gone better, let's say that.
0: Another competent performance on the pitch from you, Kaus, then, on Sunday?
1: Oh, mate, up and down. I was like Cafu, mate. It was unbelievable. <laughs> but um, but yeah, we're still chasing that title. So yeah, <laughs> three points on the board, pal.
0: The Denby Denielson. I don't even know if Denielson <laughs> was a full-back, but... <laughs> Uh, and of course, completing the lineup tonight is Rodri Davis. Rod, how are you? Not too bad. Um, recovering from a uh, uh,
2: Saturday afternoon in the, pre- in the company of Agent Phillips, which I'm sure we'll hear about later. Yeah, yeah. That that was my weekend, and it's not the best way to celebrate my birthday, which I had the end of last week. So. Uh, I've had better birthdays, put it that way, but uh, there we are. The, the Wouldn't have it. would would have it any other moment, way, would you? Mundane they become, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Well, happy yeah.
0: birthday for whatever it was last week. Was it Thursday? I, was, I wasn't fishing for a. Uh, no, I know, but uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm just going to tell. I'm still still wishing birthday, happy birthday even you. though I did wish you. you happy birthday on the day. Yeah. Um, can, but there we are.
1: Can we? We've, we've got a lot of time to prepare for his next birthday, right? Can we? Um, <laughs> Can we chip all chip together and uh, buy some functioning organs for him for next birthday?
0: I was thinking about getting him a trucking (laughs) experience next (laughs) year. It's the ride up front of a big truck. A truck full of
3: organs.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. uh, Lots to discuss, as usual, this week uh, after a weekend of FA Cup action. Uh, We've also got a chat later on with um, writer and author Rhys Thomas about his upcoming book, the future of Wales. That's really interesting. Um, so, uh, t- you know, keep listening for that. And of course, we'll hear from Phillips about his travels on the weekend with Rodri uh, before we finally uh, play the line-up game and answer your questions. Um, so before we get stuck into all of that, I am here to tell you that subscriptions for 2024 are available now. It's your best chance to get all four of this year's magazines for just £4 each, uh, which will be a saving of 20% on buying them individually. Um as is the case with everything these days we are going to have to put the prices up um a little bit um the an individual copy will cost 5 pounds instead of 4. Um printing postage and all the other hidden costs uh, keep on creeping up uh, and this is the cheapest uh, we can make it but um we will make sure that you get a bit more value for money um and uh, I still th- I still think it's uh, a right bargain, uh, and, um, you know, it's, it's football writing, Welsh football writing. Award-nominated
2: now, so you've got to expect Well, to yeah, award-nominated,
0: exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, it's worth it. So um, if you do want to pay the same price as you did last year for an individual copy, a subscription is your best bet. Uh, you also get uh, discounts on future uh, alternative Wales products and events. Uh, more on that in a few weeks' time. Uh, And it is the best way to support the podcast. Uh, I do mean that. It isn't a catchphrase, even though it does sound like one. So uh, thank you if you have bought one already. Um, I haven't officially announced it. Uh, An official announcement will be up on Thursday. But uh, if you listen to the podcast, go and get one. And uh, support the boys and girls who who make the world go round in alternative Wales. Right, I'm rambling. Let's start uh, with the FA Cup. Uh, We started... The week with three Welsh teams left in the competition, and uh, we sit here now with zero left in the competition. Not a great weekend, um, and it didn't start well on Thursday. Swansea lost 5-0 to Bournemouth. Uh, All the goals came in the first half. I think it was 4-0 by the 20th minute. Um, Rod, Swans were just outclassed, really, by a good side, weren't they?
2: Yeah, I've, I can, I can't I uh, can profess to see in the game because I was out Thursday night uh, having food. But, um, yeah, I've seen the highlights and it basically, yeah, uh, slow starts against a very good side and on form side, really. So, uh, and Bournemouth's obvious strength and depth showed as well because I think even though they didn't go totally full of strength, they still had the odd uh, player who would walk, walk into any, you know, top championship side. So, uh, yeah, and just put Swans away and um I know Swans I've seen some Swans fans come in um criticising the fact they changed their goalkeeper for the tie because he's had a bit of stick in the past, hasn't he, Fisher? Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah. Um but that's that's a danger for a championship Besides, Sometimes you've got to give these squad players a game as well and it could come in stuck in games like this when you're playing a t opposition from a higher league and unfortunately I think uh, Luke Williams has learned a harsh lesson very early in his reign there.
0: Yeah, it was unforgiving from Bournemouth. Um, yeah. David Brooks on the score sheet, a couple of assists as well. One, unbelievable. I think the first goal is a deep free kick that he absolutely swings into the box, which is superb. Um, he's just moved to Southampton on loan, uh, which I think is a really nice move, Kaus. Him playing at the top of the championship in a in a good side, I think he'll be an important Player for them now for the rest of the season, and uh, hopefully plenty of game time between now and uh, those big playoff games that are looming in, in a couple of uh, in a couple of months.
1: Completely agree, right? Completely agree. I think um, you know we've we've said it uh, to death on here, haven't we, about uh, trying to get our lads uh, as much game time as possible. Um, you know, perhaps a, a big day tomorrow. Is, is it deadline day tomorrow? Am I right in saying? Yeah. Uh, yes, so. it is. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, it'll, yeah, yeah. So- Wednesday by the time people are listening. Uh, it'll yeah, be uh, so. tonight, whatever you know, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Carry on, cows,
1: yeah, no, it's, it's uh, it's gonna be interesting, but yeah, certainly anyone who can go out alone and uh, get some game time is a big thumbs up from us, isn't it? Um, mm. yeah, just on Swansea, I think, um, I think with Luke Williams coming in now, um, it, you know, they, they're gonna have to take their medicine sometimes, they, they, they're gonna have a couple of hammerings, and that yeah. is just what's gonna happen. Uh, I hate hearing this term, but um. It, it very much is a case of trust the process with Luke Williams. He, he will get them back to how Swansea fans want to play, but with that, and with that, that process as it goes as it goes along, you do have to take a couple of hidings in games. But uh, but I, I think Swansea got enough points on the board. I think they've got enough quality to keep their heads above water this year. And uh, and yeah, I think um, you know with a few signings, uh, perhaps not tomorrow, but but in the summer. Yeah, uh, the swans will be all right going forward, but yeah, like I say, good uh, good to see Brooksy doing well.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, they don't have the instructions of the FA Cup anymore, um, and they have signed a Brazilian winger called uh Ronald, which made me <laughs> laugh. Uh, rather yeah. than, not Ronaldo, not Ronaldinho, Ronald, Ronald, Ronald. Yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah, wonder yeah. if he'll uh, light up the championship. That'll be uh, an interesting,
1: y- you thing. know. Y- y- you do get a lot of like like now, like Fred and stuff yeah. like that, like old names yeah. like that. I, I'm looking forward to like in, in the next ten years. I think Brazilian players called like guinfor or something <laughs> it's
2: like sl- that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um
1: uh,
0: on to Sunday Guinvor. evening. Um, it was the big one. Uh, Man United visited Rodney Parade to take on the mighty Newport County. Um wasn't a great start for Newport. Two 0 down in the opening twenty minutes. Um, Rod, after all the build up and the excitement, it did feel like uh, it it killed the tie a bit, had the potential to, but Bryn Morris whacked one in, thanks to a deflection, and uh, you know it really ignited the game after that, didn't it?
2: Yeah, I feared the worst with the uh, start the man you had and uh, going a couple of goals so early in the game, but all credit to Newport how they fought back into it and basically look like the better side for a large chunk of that middle bit in the game uh hell of a strike I let's ignore the fact it was an obvious deflection but yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah it was an incredible striking if you don't hit them you don't score so uh hats off to him and then as soon as uh will Evans pounced and got another one I really thought it was on because manu looked absolutely rattled so yeah uh, yeah um just just unfortunate but then quality tells in the internet in games like that and I suppose manu did what they needed, but they had a hell of a fight in the process.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like Bryn Morris's goal, it's exactly what they needed because it was, they were struggling. And um, on a side note, Bryn Morris um, incredibly isn't Welsh, um, born yeah. in Hartlepool <laughs> with a name like that. Um, really, really <laughs> took me by surprise. I remember when he signed in the summer and I Googled him, I was like, how is this man not Welsh? Um, but <laughs> I digress. Um Roger mentioned Will Evans um, equalised. He sort of stole the headlines. Um, Joe on Twitter asks, um, Kaus, uh, did you know Will Evans was once a farmer? I don't know if anyone mentioned.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he, play- he played in a farmer's league as well. Allegedly, league, yeah, yeah. Fucking
0: hell. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what a performance from him. Uh, unfortunately for Newport, it really has thrust him into the shop window. Um, also, James Waite had a really good game when he came off the bench uh, almost scored from distance uh, Nathan Wood got a run out uh you know we've said it a million times how good it is to see Cymru premier players thriving but Will Evans it seems to be a special talent coach and he proved himself you know against some some of the you know the best players in the country
1: yeah he, he was he was outstanding and um you know he was he was a little bit quiet when I saw him at the race course uh you know before christmas uh, but against us again, he, he was good uh, the other week. Um but um you know I, I've seen him play as well, as as of you, Ryan, and Rods as well, I'm sure, like um, you know, in the in the Cymru Prem. And you know, you can talk about the standard of the Cumbria Prem all you want, but he he has he has been showing for quite a few years now, not just for Newport, what a good player he is. You know, mm. I always go back to that um Cymru C International uh, against yeah. England where he he was he was taking the piss out of mm. <laughs> out of top class National League players, um, as we know, the National League is a good standard. So, so yeah, what what a good player he is, and yeah, just going back to Newport there, mate. I thought they were absolutely outstanding, and you know, I did I did fancy him, didn't fancy him to to win, but I, there was no way Man United, even even when they went two 0 I was still thinking, there's no way Man United are coming out of here without a bit of a bloody nose, and yeah, and that's how it uh, that's how it worked out. I thought. um you know, to come back from 2-0 against a side, you know, top Premier League side, just outstanding. So, yeah, fair play to Newport. And, um, you know, we found out, Wrexham found out to their cost as well, just what a hard place it is to go, Rodney Parade. So, credit to them, right?
0: Yeah, I think I think they've done themselves proud. Newport, Newport fans can be really proud of their team. Um, Hugh Jenkins completing the takeover this week as well, signing Luke Jeffcott. Um, they seem yeah. to be riding a crest of a wave, and I think, you know, second half of the season, playoffs will be a big ask but definitely not another question and uh, you know I feel like this last month has really given them a bit of a uh, a bit of a, a kick start uh, uh, so to speak and um, yeah I think it's an excited time to be a Newport County fan and uh, no disgrace in losing 4-2 to Man United at home especially after playing like that um, yeah. on to Monday nights then cows. it it started so well for Wrexham 1-0 up um, in hindsight, was it the worst thing that could have happened? It seemed to sort of yeah. get, get, you know, a reaction out of Blackburn and, and then it was negative for Exxon from there on out.
1: Yeah, it, it, it probably was, you know, it probably was the worst thing that could have happened. But, do you know, I I go back to at 1-0 up, we get that second goal, big, big chance uh, to get that second goal and, you know, we don't quite take it and then all of a sudden just a um, little bit of naivety and, you know, I know I understand, you know, most people don't watch Wrexham often, uh, but it's, it's a bit frustrating when I had a few texts last night talking about our goalkeeper, Oconquo. Mm. He, he saved his worst performance of the season for, for the, <laughs> the possibly the biggest TV. game so far, mm. which which is a shame because, honest to God, he's been outstanding. He hasn't put a foot wrong all season. Um, and then, yeah, he, he had a bit of a shocker last night, as did a few of our defenders. Listen, it's one of them. It's... You know, you, you can get away with, with little mistakes here and there in League 2. You can't get away with it in the Championship. And, you know, the the gap between the two sides showed in the end. But, you know, fantastic night. 7,500 Ruxham fans there. Good atmosphere. And, um, and yeah, we're on to the league now. So, it's not um, not the end of the world.
0: No, exactly. You had a couple of good days out. It's a shame to miss that Newcastle home tie. I, I mean, it's yeah. a bit of a, a carrot was, was put there before the game, which is a shame to miss out on that. But... Uh, that's the way it goes. And I'm sure you'll, you'll take on Newcastle at some point. Um, uh, you know, Hollywood versus Saudi Arabia, um, it's bound to happen the clash the, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. the clash
2: everyone <laughs> wants Saudi yeah who's in. yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. he, got the more? who's got the most blood on their hands I don't know <laughs> that's, that's you know. a good <laughs> good question <laughs> yeah.
0: um, I saw a lot on Lankhouse about how poor the away facilities were and people couldn't get in uh, very crammed seating um, bad concourse I've never been to Ewood Park with Cardiff and let alone yeah. gone to Ewood Park with 7,000 Cardiff fans doesn't really happen like that in the championship but what was what was the you, you know your experience of of that
1: yeah, it, it was pretty poor. It was a bit shambolic, to be honest. Um, you know, as uh, as what happens with with most away ends, and sometimes in, in the um, in the tech end at, at the race course as well. Wrexham and fans don't really sit down; they just stand where they want. Mm. And, but the the stewards just couldn't seem to get a grip on anything. Mm. And you know, uh, a couple of my friends were saying they they missed the first twenty minutes because they were, um, you know, they were outside, and um, and it was really weird, like going in actually as well because. They were like really thoroughly searching mm. uh, most people, and then like me and my mate just walked straight through without being searched. So they were like they were really really thorough on some people, and other people just didn't get searched at all. So yeah, it was it was shambolic really. And but I mean Blackburn aren't used to, you know that, that's not an arrogant thing. It's it's just fact they're no. not used to dealing with that many away fans. You know I think it's only Leeds Sunderland that are posh. I don't know um, who who sort of take those numbers. So um so yeah it, just one of them but yeah I'd, I'd be a bit concerned if i was blackburn but they're, they're very much a, a struggling club at the moment off the field aren't they so so that maybe that's what played a part yeah
0: i remember having a similar uh experience at highbury uh it was the last season highbury cardiff played them in the fa cup and i remember it just being carnage in the away and just felt like there was too many people for the amount of room you had it was it was frightening yeah especially as, as i was quite young at the time but uh but yeah, it's a, it's it's annoying when that happens. I mean, it feels like that at the at the Canton. We spoke about it before. It for some reason it doesn't when it sells out. It feels like there's almost too many people there. It's it. I don't understand it. It feels like it can't yeah. handle selling out, which sort of defeats the point of selling all those tickets. But uh, but there we are. Um, a shame that all three Welsh sides went out. But uh, uh, well. A good, a good, good couple of wins for Wrexham and um, and Newport, um, nonetheless, and uh... bigger, bigger fish to fry for New-
2: uh, Wrexham though. Anyway, so exactly, so It's probably, probably a, a, bit of a, welcome thing in the end of the day. I think that they can just put all their guns into the into the league, not it. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. Um, there was no game for Cardiff, obviously. Um, so it was the best weekend I've had in a in a in a while. Um, <laughs> Merthyr were the only uh team playing in the English system to get a win this weekend. They beat um, did town famous for being uh on the London to, to yes. Swansea line. Only reason I know it. Um, four nil thanks to a Ricardo Reese hat trick. Uh, they're yeah. in third did at you, the moment. Uh, did you expensive. see his
2: third? Did you see his goal for the hat trick? I haven't seen the oh. highlights yet. No, um, I, I think I, I've only seen a, two, a couple of the goals, but that. I think it's the one he seals his hat-trick with it's like a it's like the outside of his toes basically like just into the top corner it's like nice one of those you know precision shots and it are ah, silky best best silkiest name in welsh football silky <laughs> skills i think yeah I yeah. well, apparently uh...
1: he, was an, he was an interested uh spectator last week crotch watching um watching agent phillips so, uh, Arthur, <laughs> yeah. so maybe, maybe that's where he's learned that one, mate. Yeah, yeah,
2: possibly. But Adrian Phillips definitely wouldn't have tried to do, to do what uh, he did. I think so, he did. Yeah. I think <laughs> he did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it ended up yeah. in Vanij Vlachiniuk. Yeah. <laughs> in new <York>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no Camry Premier this weekend. Uh, phase two gets underway on Friday night. But um, there was some news off the pitch not long after we finished recording last week. Um, Ponte Preta United named their new manager. Gavin Allen. Um, He is now the former Aberystwyth Women's Manager. This is all sort of broke just before we started recording um, because it seems like it's caused a bit of a stir. Uh, Originally, which I I didn't realise, Allen was planning on doing both jobs, uh, the Ponty men's job and the Aberystwyth women's job, but um, the Aberystwyth board decided that he wouldn't be allowed to continue as Women's Manager. Um, This has seen a lot of outcry from people involved with the women's team. Kelly Thomas, the captain uh, spoke about, spoke out about it on Twitter. Uh, even the official women's, Aberystwyth women's encounters spoken out about it and, and about their desire for him to carry on and how they were consulted on the decision. Um, it's an interesting case, um, you know, And <sighs> managing a women's team and a men's team at the same time should be fine. Really? I guess. Um, they are independent of each other. And if the manager is happy to spread him, spread themselves over both jobs, that's up to them. Um, I think the ABBA board see it as a conflict of interest, especially considering ABBA's men's team are now in direct competition to stay in the Cymru Premier with Ponty. Um But then should that play into what's happening with the women's team? Um, Kaus, it just feels a bit messy uh, at the moment. And I don't really know... Exactly, what's right? I guess you listen to the players and the team, and if they weren't consulted about it, then it's it's unfair on them.
1: It's very very messy. Right? It's not a good look for Abba at all at the moment, and um, yeah, it, it's a really tricky one. Though it's it's easy for us to, to comment from the outside looking in, um, but you know, I I would have concerns there if I was an Abba fan. I'd be thinking why is this club so fractured? I mean, it, it's got to be one club. You've mm-hmm. got to run it as one club. And, and you know, the, the men's and women's team, just, just like the youth teams and things like that, they should be part of one club. And, you know, um, it is it is difficult because, y- you know, you could have a situation whereby, y- you know, other men's relegation rivals, um, you know, their women's managers managing their relegation rivals. So it, it's a really odd situation. Um, but yeah, like like you say, it's it's a it's a tough one as well because he's done so well with the women's side there and, you know, uh, coming into an important part of the season outside looking in, though, I've, I've got to say, I've got to give my opinion and say, I've, I've got to, I've got to sort of side with the board a little bit here because, you know, I don't think it would be right for, for, um, our relegation rivals to have someone still, it's, you know, still in their camp, mm-hmm. so to speak. I think it'd be a bit strange. Uh, I don't think it would really happen anywhere else. So, so I can see why they've made the decision, but I do feel for a lot of the players of the women's team and, and you know everyone involved there because it really is messy. I hope it gets sorted because you don't want to see this sort of um, you know fallout in Welsh football, and you just want to see clubs being run as one organisation, really.
0: Mm. Yeah, Rod, what, what did what do you make of it? Yeah, I kind of uh,
2: I kind of um, mainly agree with what Couch said. It's just the fact that probably the uh, women's side hasn't been consulted is the biggest. Uh, you know, if they haven't done it that way, then that's a big, big bit of egg on the face of the board, really, because you can't just make decisions without kind of at least consultation and, and putting your reasons across before you you pull these decisions out. But hmm. he's he's gone to another job. And I'd argue, I I know you said you could do a men's and women's coaching job, but you got to put your energy into one coaching role. Yeah. And if he's taking the job at a, a team... Uh, so threatened with relegation. How is he going to apply his time evenly between the two? So I, I think the right decision is not to have him carry on. But the way they've probably gone about it, yeah, that's that's they have They think it wouldn't be appropriate for him to carry on. it uh, be involved with Abaswift. Yeah. So that's just my that's that's just my uh, kind of view of it without knowing too much. So Yeah,
0: uh, absolutely. The Abasoul crew uh, have weighed in and and they tweeted um, regardless of the decision itself the way a club's board in this day and age have treated um, their arguably yeah. more successful uh, women's team um, compared to the men's team is pretty shoddy. Uh, how can a community mm. club have such awful communication channels? So, um, so yeah, that's yeah. Um, that's a concern. Uh, we'll sort of see how it plays out. Uh, no doubt Gwillin will be on the pod soon enough when we can ask him a bit about it then. Um, but, yeah, concerning to see. Um, right, that's the weekend covered. Bit shorter than usual as we've got a special guest up next earlier this week i caught up with uh, writer reese thomas to discuss his upcoming book the future of wales you can hear that chat next before uh, we hear from Adrian phillips about his latest travels i'm now joined by a, a very special guest uh, a writer for outlets such as gq vice the guardian amongst many others, uh, and the author of a new book, um, The Future of Wales, Rhys Thomas. How are you, mate? Hey, Ryan. Yeah, good. How are you doing? Yes, all good. Thank you very much. Thanks for, for joining me. Um, So we're going to talk about your upcoming book, uh, which is called The Future of Wales. Uh, it's released uh, at the end of February, uh, on the 22nd. Am I right in saying that?
3: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 22nd.
0: It's a uh, funny and impassioned manifesto for a better Wales. Um, so talk to me about the inception Uh, of the idea and you know what inspired the book
3: yeah sure um i was just um often wanting to sort of write about wales and uh found that outside of wales i live in london for all my sins um it wasn't really much outlet for doing that and um i had these sort of ideas of where i thought the country was it was in an interesting place where you know there's more talk about independence never before there's uh shifts in cultural trends like you know the football and the rugby and we'll probably get into that more in a bit uh and i just had these ideas bubbling and then um this oh, melville house the publisher um had launched uh, we're launching a series of books called the feature of something mm-hmm. and um so there's one about songwriting there's one about uh war crimes etc and um yeah i just and the ball ended up just rolling i was talking to the publisher the director there one day called tom and uh you thought Wales was a pretty interesting thing to write about. So it just joined up nicely. And then, uh, yeah, you know, fast forward a few uh, few months of late nights and uh, we're here. Yeah, uh, exciting. Um, you come from Larn, uh,
0: famously the home of Dylan Thomas. Uh, and it was only upon reading the book that I realised that La Regab, where Under Milkwood is set, uh, which is obviously supposedly inspired by Larn, is bugger all backwards. So uh, I learned something from the book, um, first of all um you now live and work in London uh it's a story we've seen you know so many times before uh you even have a section on brain drain in the book uh I'm reluctantly in the same boat as you so you know what was growing up in Larn like and how did it shape your uh Welshness
3: so to speak yeah sure um yeah Larn uh it's um it's an interesting place to grow up I think um bugger all isn't the worst description of it when you're <laughs> especially if you're a 14 year old uh you know, living there instead of visiting it on a on a holiday with your posh parents, it's uh, yeah. There's you know, there's there's one shop, there's no ATM, there's four pubs, more than four pubs really. Uh, there's the church, the chapel, rugby pitch at the top. That's about it. Um, it's it's also in terms of Welshness, it's interesting. It's sort of um, it's in Carmarthenshire, but it feels it feels very Pembrokeshire. Mm. It's around right the coast, it's got it's it's on the estuary where the River ends. It's pretty close to Pemdine. It's, it's um, an Amroth and then Tenby's like 20 minutes away. So, you know, firm Pembrokeshire territory. And uh, it feels more like Pembrokeshire in that it's the little England but beyond Wales than it does Camarvin, which is obviously quite Welsh. Um, so the Welshness was interesting there. It was sort of very Pembrokeshire driven, except there was a lot of rugby, not football. Mm. Uh, obviously, the history is quite amazing. You know, there's a big castle there from Norman times. It's pretty well maintained. And yeah, and Dylan Thomas... You know, from Swansea decided to live and drink and die in Lahn, in New York, but get buried in Lan mm. Uh that was always in the background, but um, you know, it's a pretty it's a pretty working class area. There wasn't a lot of attention given to the literary side of things in school. Um Dylan Thomas felt a bit like being force fed vegetables, to be honest, mm. you know. Uh, no one really the teachers didn't really care, they just thought it was a necessity. The students therefore did didn't care. Uh so it was it was a bit of a weird one to grow up in. But then um, you know, I just I I enjoy playing rugby and sport and then uh I had my mates that way, but I was more into playing music and went to secondary school in Duffin of Whitland and uh I ended up wanting to write songs and then that turned into wanting to write in general, and then I uh had to reluctantly go back to Dylan Thomas and realise that for someone from this part of the world I was quite lucky to live be born in the village that has that sort of um
4: pedigree
3: Mm. it helps my dad's also called dylan thomas (laughs) unrelated but like yeah yeah um you know you mentioned
0: sport being such a massive part of of life growing up in in lana and i think that that's the case for most people growing up in wales wherever they did whether it was in one of the you know the cities or, or small villages um and in most cases for people down south uh, myself included. Rugby was sort of the, the dominant sport, especially in school. Um, were you a rugby fan? You, or was it just sort of, uh, you know, rugby was the way you
3: could play sport with your friends? Oh, good question. Um, No, it was. I was definitely a rugby fan. Uh, I'm definitely r- rugby background. Mm-hmm. I uh, started playing rugby when I was, I don't know how old I was, six probably, for LAM, and then eventually for Whitland and for the school. And then county, and then, um, and then I had to sort of decide whether to go down that route professionally, you know, to try and go down the professional route yeah. or not. When I was about sixteen, and it just didn't in the end. But I played to a decent standard. Um, so rugby was always what I played actually, and then outside of school, it was a bit of both. But football's just easier to play on a patch of grass, mm. isn't it? So, uh, we played football to be friendly, and then at our lunchtime or whatever. And then rugby was kind of the, the more serious endeavor. Um, yeah. So no, rugby fan, I'm Scarlet's fan. My dad, mm. his dad, who I'd never met, but they, he was a big Scarlet's fan. He was there the day that they beat the All Blacks, all this kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, no, very, very rugby background where I'm from. It was only football, only really uh, played it alongside that. There's a good football town called Sinclair's, although they're also a good rugby town now as well, um, four miles away. So I played a bit for them, stopped when I was 12 to focus on rugby, and football became very much a uh, a background sport for me until... Until I left Lan, really, until I went to uni in Nottingham and then just fell back in love with watching football. And that was in, you know, 2015. So obviously, 2014 in Wales was a good time for football too. So that helped.
0: Yeah. I mean, what was sort of, it's an interesting place, Lan. And I think all of that area for sort of football. And because obviously, Swansea would be the nearest professional team, but that's still, you know, a fair chunk of distance away. They haven't had many um, teams that are play high up in the, you know, in the Welsh system, Carmarthen Town probably, and Llanelli are close, close. Um, So in terms of, you know, following football, was that very much from a distance? Obviously, during the time you grew up, the national team wasn't in the greatest of of states. So was it only really when you went to university that you really um, sort
3: of discovered football for yourself and and, um, fell in love with it, I guess? Yeah, I think, I think I think every kid, you know, Welsh or not, I think growing up you always like football. I mean, mm. um, but no, it was very much a lie. It was very much a social inclusion thing at that point where I had mates who's a good friend whose older brother was very into Man United and he was, you know, he was about five, six years old and thus. he was around when United were good and he liked football. And so I had a bit of it there, but no, it was very rugby. And then football just sort of... Um, it was partly when, when I went to uni that I, I would say I fell in love with it when I went there just because the Welsh team started doing better. But, um, yeah, growing up locally, it was, you know, Sinclairs were an okay, good amateur amateur side. They had a few teams, quite a few young division teams as well. Uh, the good players went to Halford West or mm-hmm. Um I didn't really follow them at all just because my family was a rugby family. Players felt further away from them, so there was no point. My uncles, one was... Uh, Big Cardiff fan, hooligan mm-hmm. level. Okay. Uh, my other uncle's a Swansea fan. So I couldn't decide between the two of them. Well, mm. I, I didn't have a shot. I wasn't allowed to decide between the two of them because it would have uh, excited a family civil war at that point. Um, Wrexham were obviously not great back then. My dad supported them as a kid, but I had no interest. I ended up being a Tottenham fan just because I was born on the same day they were founded. I'm a former United and Arsenal fans and yeah. I wanted to be different. And then Bale joined them. So that was always a. Uh, you know, that kept me liking football enough. Yeah. Moved to London, ended up in North London. Tottenham was still very Welsh, actually. Before that, obviously, Nottingham was very... You know, had, a, had a strong Welsh contingent, or has had, especially when it went up to the Prem. So things just aligned in a way that I saw more Welshness within the football around me, I think. And um, mm. obviously, the national team went from strand to strand. I mean, gone were the days where I was... uh <laughs> The first Welsh game I watched, I think we lost 5-2 or 5-1 to Slovakia. Yeah. So... Yeah, it just became a little bit more. Uh, it became a little bit less hopeless, and I guess a glorious point Wales in that sense. But um, yeah, I don't know. It was always a want to, I think.
0: Yeah. Um, obviously, before we really dive into football and 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 its sort of um, relationship with national identity, I sort of ask. Obviously, you've done quite a lot of research into the book, and you speak about sport being such a cultural phenomenon in Wales, and and maybe the most um, sort of you know cultural uh phenomenon of of them all you know you, you go through boxing darts uh you know the relationship um of athletes you know playing for team gb and also um in the commonwealth games you know we've had we've a rich history of sport in wales um why do you think it is so important to the people of wales um, on a
3: cultural level yeah i think it goes back to just how I mean, you know, obviously we have to sort of obviously preface as well that, like, there's a massive, every country is the same more or less, except mm-hmm. for the US and Canada, but there's a massive gap between, like, how seriously male sport is taken versus other gendered sports, which is a shame and is, is changing. But what I'm saying that is because I think it goes back to just how people used to work and socialise in Wales. You know, it's always been a country with a lot of industry, a lot of agriculture Essentially, essentially, men who were physically fit and active, and then you know wanted to make and just had that drive in them to keep to to just keep grafting and doing things. And I think that lends very well to sport and different sports too. You know, like you've got farmers who make good front rows, you've got miners who make good fly halves, uh, etc., and boxers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I think it, I think it stems from that and the need for a social outlet that was, you know, outside competitive kind of community focus too because you had local teams and obviously we know that Wales is a uh, public transport so quite on point so um, I think it stems from just the sense of working class communities that come from the country really or throughout the country
0: yeah absolutely Um, obviously you described the moment in the book that Hal Robson-Khan who scored the goal against Belgium uh, was to you what the London 2012 Olympics was to middle class mothers of Great Britain which uh, brought a smile to my face Um, do you think that you know that moment changed a lot of things for Wales and the national identity and the, and the national psyche going forward, you know, especially considering the context of when the game was, you know, a a week or two after the Brexit referendum and this sort of underlying um, tide of the independence movement starting to come to the fore. Um, Was it just like this moment in Welsh history that we'll sort of look back on
3: uh, as quite an important point? I think I think so. I'm pretty uh I'm I end up being a bit evangelical with that moment. I think um I think it was though. I think it was probably the most important thing that happened in Welsh football ever to an extent. Mm. Um in terms of where we are now and where we could go. Um, you know, obviously there was a good run up, you know, when Speed was manager and before him too, to be fair, and through 2014-15, got into the Euros, obviously that was big, but I I think the, the, the moment that uh, Robson Cardi turned through the defence, the, the I think was just... I think that took it from being something that football fans could feel great about to what the whole, to a sense of national pride. Um, I think it was more important than qualifying for, for the World Cup, to be honest, given the context of what the World Cup was. Uh, in terms of Welsh general appreciation for football. Um, yeah, it's hard for me to not get very spiritual about that moment. I think it was everything. I think... Um, and if you go deeper, it's also, you know, he didn't have a, he wasn't playing for a team. He was unsigned, mm-hmm. shit like that. It's just, it feels like a very Welsh thing to accidentally slip through the cracks and do that. And then as you say, um, with the, yeah, with the referendum weeks before, I was in Croatia at the time watching it and um, the cab drivers were all going, oh, we, we don't blame you because I was quite young. They were like, we don't blame you for Brexit, blah, 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 having a bit of banter with me. And then after that goal, um, I was wearing, I didn't stop wearing my Welsh top the rest of the whole day obviously mm-hmm. and then uh, everyone's coming up to me saying well done try to buy me pints i got a free cab journey it just it felt like a huge thing where people were like oh this this plucky country we didn't know much about became a bit of a uh, a bit of a moment and i think we've managed more or less to well hopefully we can keep managing to ride that wave um yeah yeah i
0: think you know it's, it's an important turning in turning point to people outside of wales you know i think to a lot of people especially within uh, britain that that aren't welsh um wales was always considered a rugby nation um things in you know the world of rugby clearly aren't going well at the moment there's a lot of bad press um it feels like it's having a bit of a, a moment um in a negative sense um you know but obviously historically rugby hasn't got the same global reach that football does um but you know i appreciate it it obviously plays a massive part in uh, the national psyche and you know, especially at grassroots level, it plays a huge role in communities and and sometimes, you know, in borderline impoverished areas, you know, the rugby club can be the centre of a community and it serves a purpose there. Um, but what do you think Wales's relationship with rugby and its relationship with rugby and football is going forward?
3: Yeah, um, yeah, it's a bit, it's a big, it's a big one, isn't it? I think that I really think the rugby is in an absolute crisis. To be honest, at a top level. WRU uh, are <laughs> yeah, I, I I think they need to, to do a limit need to make a lot of changes. It's pretty fucking they shot themselves in the feet over the years, I think is what's happened by trying to foster a sense of putting national identity at the forefront of the sport, which I think is important. Um, you know, like I'm getting at the idea of what I think is basically what this had to happen is the caps on player salaries and have have 25 caps to play for the country Mm. i like uh, principally like politically i like the ideas i think especially the cap one but i think um as in the salary cap one um but it just it just means that you don't give opportunity at the highest level for players to excel it just means that you know we've got young boys who are going and playing for clubs in the english prem uh, before they get the 25 caps and they're like I don't have a choice i want to make money i want to play at the highest level it just um there's obviously a handful who have said the opposite they said you know i'm going to stay in wales i don't care and i admire that but these are elite if especially if wales is a rugby nation these are the elite athletes these are the creme de la creme of our culture like we shouldn't be restricting them to do what they want to do and you know everyone they're on enough money and they're on 100k great but you look at every other sport in the world and you look at how other countries do it. And I just think we're holding them back, and that's holding the team back. Um, but it's very different to the, you know, the local grassroots area. I think more investment in that would be amazing. But it's also at the very grassroots, I'm talking like the Sunday League equivalents of mm. rugby and maybe like 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 Pembrokeshire Division Two or whatever, like that kind of vibe. Um it's amateur sport. It always has been. I, I don't think it's a problem there. I just think it's how do you feed? And I don't think that will change. I mean, like, Larn is, uh, the rugby team is going from strength to strength this year. They're in the quarterfinals of the Welsh Cup and, oh, well, a Welsh Cup, I'm not exactly sure which one. And uh the team is bigger than they ever has been. There's a lot of young boys playing. It's a really, and they've taken over the rugby club recently and they own it now, basically. And it's, it's a really exciting thing for the village. And mm. I think that, might be an anomaly but it also might not be an anomaly um but the fracturing is the issue i think the amateur sport is fine the grassroots sport is fine but it's how do you then give a platform to inspire young kid rugby players to believe that they can then go on to be professional athletes in their own right and that they can be the gareth bale of their generation or you know you could say the Alan Wynne jones of their generation mm. but it could, it's just i know which life i prefer yeah so yeah i think that's the issue
0: yeah, and I think then culturally, like from a fan culture perspective, um, rugby and football, you know, are very different. You make a point in the book about how football sort of politically aligns itself more with the independence movement and maybe a more progressive, socially progressive I um, you know, ideals. Um, whereas rugby is is stuck not only in, in sporting ways, but also culturally in a more traditional unionist, you know, royalist values, you know, still the pinnacle of playing rugby is to play for the British and Irish Lions rather than in football, you're the pinnacle is to play for your country in a major tournament. Um, we tend not to stray too much into politics on the pod, you know, as to not isolate anyone. I I, I don't think you have to be a supporter of independence to like watch football and vice versa, um, but you can't ignore it. Uh, and I think, In the main, I see it that way too. I've described it to people that football, this is rugby, is sometimes our version of Celtic and Rangers in this country. And I don't think... But I also don't think you can follow one or the other. I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I think, you know, in an ideal world, everyone follows both and and both are are very successful, but that isn't the case because I don't really identify at all with rugby culture. Is that something why you've sort of lent more into football recently is the sort of the fan culture, you know, the music, the politics, um even the fashion that comes with following football, um, it's so different to rugby. And uh, I think, you know, your identity as a human being, you almost fall into one of the two categories.
3: Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, good points. I think um, to make sure, yeah, I mean, to stray out of the politics, to keep the uh, the listeners happy, I think um, the independence idea is... It's there for sure. But I think it's one removed from just passion and zeitgeist, you know, like mm. I think they're less political, um, but those are the things that are there. So what I mean by that is that, for, as you say, like football is the cultural zeitgeist of the world pretty much uh, in terms of sport. It's everyone plays it. It has the fashion credentials. It has the gloss, the glamour. Um, you know, you can see it in how how young people dress these days. Everyone was wearing big like, Sambas you know it, mm. it's which yeah so it's um which it come from casual football as in the, the casuals etc etc so football is very embedded in like modern culture which you can then argue is a progressive version of what used to be around so it can make sense that young people in wales therefore see themselves within football culture more than rugby culture because rugby culture is more traditional still mm. you know it's it's buca, denim and brogues to make the joke but at the same time um at the same time, I think the weird, what the problem is is more... It's how the rugby team... Well, it's not the rugby team. It's how the WIU package themselves. I think they can easily shift the culture to be more forward-thinking. Um, and they just haven't. And I think the fracture is there. I probably align more with the football, just because I think that the football... The, the, or the FAW just... It makes a point of celebrating Wales, where in a way that feels like it has momentum and is trying it's you know including the welsh language in as many places as possible it's incorporating people like sage Todd's and um in into the uh into the campaigns you know it's stuff like that um and uh and juice menace as well mm. um and the rugby just isn't doing that it's a bit stale and you know i think that's the thing like you, it's hard to get behind something that and try to move itself
0: yeah i think um culturally Welsh football some people see it as a political statement but I think it's more that we're just taking ownership of our own history and our own culture and our language and to some people that's a political thing and I I think in 99% of other countries around the world that wouldn't be seen as such a political move but because of the nature of the United Kingdom and um you know the unique you know position we find ourselves in the world it is a political move um but yeah, it, I, you know I think it's 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 key not to isolate people if they don't agree with certain aspects. I don't think fan culture is a um you know is a uh you know a, a list of rules that you have to fall into one way or the other but it, it you know it very much is the case that football like you said is very much within the zeitgeist
3: culturally at the moment, and that could change
0: yeah, um
3: it could change I think that with that it's like you know it's a it's a national pride and patriotism thing um other countries in the in the United Kingdom are obviously very politically charged with the idea of loving their country. Uh, we, we actually don't have to be in the same way, and the rugby could come back. In. Like young people still watch the sport, you know, mm. like from my age still watch the sport. London Welsh Champ is always full in, you know, when Six Nations is on, um, and rugby has a lot of nostalgic tie for Wales. So, and nostalgia is a huge part of culture. So, it's all there for the taking it's just and rugby jerseys are fashionable you know like it's all there for the taking it's just that the wru has to Mm. find a way to um i guess essentially motivate the player be able to motivate players to go through the ranks and to be able to dream big and do well and you know if, if their families are passionate about their lives and they're enthusiastic and not needing to join the nfl for two years then you know things will come around yeah
0: absolutely um obviously throughout the book you touch on more than just sports uh chapters on food public transport you know and just in general what the future of wales looks like so um obviously on the journey of of the research and the writing of the book what what does the future of wales look like to you then what is your
3: where do you think we're going in the next year five years ten years and beyond yeah um I, I guess, to to be honest, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a bit annoying and deflect the question. I think, um, as you said, like the book's quite a manifesto versus an idea of where we're going. It's not much of a prediction in there, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that sense, where I think it's where I think it's going is it's going into a bit of a crisis point, not unlike the WRU, where who is in charge? We don't really have a sense of it. We know that the country has always been very Labour, but we don't. Increasingly, there's more, Um, as you say, there's more of a call for independence and you know, that can be Welsh Labour, but it's not very clear as to what that would be if it was them. It's also, I'm just going to say, and people to shout at me, yes, come replied, have no sense of an, a complete political agenda. Mm. And I think that's basically like, I, I, regardless of whether you want the country to go independent or not, I think that's, uh, which is basically overhanging the whole book. That's why I'm getting into that there. But basically, I think where that goes who knows, because it depends on who's in charge. Beyond that, um, parts of it are very optimistic. Um, you know, like if you look at the, there's a bit of a chapter in there on sort of sustainability and the environment and I guess the nature of our country. And that is very optimistic, I think, partly by necessity because, um, you know, climate crisis, etc. But basically Wales has a lot of resources that can make it very, very good in terms of renewable energy. And I think that's really strong. Wales could become a bit of a global energy superpower in that sense like statistically based on the research of what we have we can obviously that's a bit of a difficult thing to say right now with what's happening in Port Albert but um, it could be and it could be that in the future you know jobs that we get that we lose on the way end up becoming renewed mm-hmm. in uh, other industries that have similar applications you know it's just we switch from non-renewable sources of production to renewable ones and we need to build those and that will create jobs etc um, etc et so I think there's some really optimistic points for Wales being able to sort of uh, stand on its own feet find a new sense of economy in a world that is increasingly losing their economy um, and that's really exciting but the the concerns that I have in terms of where it's going is just infrastructure in a, pub- in a public way you know public transport to help people get around which we'll need more and more if Cars are becoming more obsolete. Um, and just a sense of identity from a political party, I think. Mm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think along the way, sport will be punctuating all of that as it always has in Welsh yeah. history. Um yeah. so, in terms of, you know, the national football team um going forward, obviously, again, it's a big year for the men's and the women's team. You know, we could finish the year with both teams qualifying for um two major tournaments we could finish the year with neither team qualifying for a major tournament um do you think that you know post 2016 and post the world cup um football is 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 here to stay in in that in that realm like it, it feels like to me anyway as someone who has sort of followed the national football teams for as long as i can remember um it feels like the secret's been let out in terms of you know culturally and i think in the same way that when the Six Nations comes around, doesn't really matter what's happening in Welsh rugby, people still turn up and watch the team. Do you think that we are in that position now with football, or do you think that if things start, you know, taking a turn and, and maybe not being as successful, that 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 will sort of fall away and maybe revert back to what it was like, you know, in the in the mid two thousands when you were growing up in Lan, because I'm assuming kids yeah. in Lan now have a very different relationship with football
3: than you did, and it was the same for me in Bridgend yeah they must yeah they must do and as you say Bridgend as well which is historically very rugby Mm um yeah I I uh I think on the first point you know with the women's team especially it's a I really I really hope they qualify it's it's, it'll be so important for them and um the sooner we can you know, make that professionalized the better like mad mad to me that we haven't um properly done that yet. but yeah um yeah i think regardless of this year well this qualification round i think where we are at the moment with the sort of fan culture is it won't disappear i think wales trying to qualify or qualifying for a euro is like the rugby team winning the grand slam Mm. you know at least maybe more so um maybe it's better than that so i think you know and we're always going to be in that race like we where we are now uh you know like you know, me- me- messing around with people like like Poland Finland increasingly probably Norway uh who i don't know how they're not in the running but um <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> mad but yeah like you know we will always be in that realm now as opposed to like losing to Azerbaijan yeah consistently um you know i think that's where we're going to stay and it'll take you know it will take a generational talent or two to help bolster the ranks to um Put us into a position where we're acting more like the teams that come third or fourth in the pool in the group stages every single tournament. But um, we're getting there, and I don't think it's going to go back further than if we don't qualify this year. I think, well, Page will probably be out properly. I'd like Steve Cooper to be in,
4: mm-hmm.
3: ideally, uh, and we'll have a really good go at the future tournaments. And I think, um, yeah, as long as we qualify for the the Euro after this one. And have a little phase where we're sort of, you know, in one, out of one, in one, yeah. but always close to it. I th- That's where I think it's going to go realistically. And I don't know, if the team ends up doing really well and just finds their uh, their new identity without, you know, without the uh, the generation of players they got us here, then um, I think we'll be great. But we're just in that reinvention period. But thankfully, our reinvention period is not where we were in 2002,
0: you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Reese fascinating the book. I, I do recommend everyone um, getting it and reading it. You are doing a launch in the London Welsh Centre at the end of the month for the uh, thousands of Welsh people in London and beyond. Uh, can you tell us more about that and how people can get there and, uh, and get involved?
3: Yeah, thank you, and thanks for having me as well. Really appreciate it. Um, it's uh, yeah, great pod, great time to do this with you. Um, the uh, yeah, so the book is out 22nd of Feb. You can get it. Pretty much anywhere, Waterstones, what have you? W. H. Smith, I think. Um, the obvious Bezos one, all of them. Uh, local bookstores, probably. Hopefully, um, if not, phone me up and I'll figure it out. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's out. It's out there. Uh, it's been published by Melville House. Um, and then yeah, in the, um, I'm doing a. There's an event in Camarvin Waterstones on March first at four pm, which is a Friday. Which I don't know if About you're have Saint David's Day i will say David's Day. So if you happen to have taken the day off as a national holiday, then, uh, <laughs> hop down at 4 PM. and um, I'll be there doing some of some sort of thing. And then, yeah, London, Welsh, Shem, in Holborn, um, which if you don't know that and you live in or are visiting London often, it's like, you've got to go. It's an institution. Yeah. It's brilliant. It's amazing. Um, they do events, they do sports screenings, they have cho- choirs, etc. Uh, yeah, in the evening, I think it's, I think it's around it'll be around half six, seven ish. Uh, evening on the 26th i believe i really should have put this in front of me <laughs> pretty sure it's the 26th anyway uh you can go there it's free i'll be having a little bit of a chat with um tom who's the publisher about the book more of this but uh i'll be more prepared now that you know <laughs> i've started waxing the publicity tour and um yeah that's that and they'll be great and there might be other events as well and uh yeah find me on twitter and i can keep you updated that way yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, what is your Twitter for people who don't know? Obviously it'll be in our tweets about the pod coming
3: up. Oh yeah, it's um at underscore Reese Thomas, another underscore. Um that's that'll be it. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, uh, thank
0: you very much, uh Reese. Uh, it I I do recommend it. I, I was fascinated by it all, even though, you know, as a as a Welsh person, um, you know, it's almost it's like even sometimes reading stuff that you almost know, but someone else is saying it it's fascinating to sort of have your views reinforced sometimes or, or you take in different things and different viewpoints. It's, um, it's worth a read and uh, yeah, uh, I implore everyone listening to get out and, uh, and read it. So uh, thank you very much, Reese, And um, we'll catch up with you again in the future.
3: Yeah. Thank you, Ryan. Take care. God bless you all else too.
0: are you there? loud and clear I'm you um Phillips uh, after the success of uh, of the, the recent episode of uh, Off You Go Phillips I think we've now settled on uh, you were on your travels again this weekend um, where did you go what did you do can you tell me about it
4: yeah yeah well I picked up Rodri so I had a guest with me nice um, yeah yeah thought I'd take him to see a game Sound excited uh, about
0: that, Rod? Yeah,
4: yeah.
2: <laughs> so
0: after Were you the picked event, up or you... kidnapped?
2: Uh, well, I was. I, I was quite willing to go at the time. I didn't have any plans, but after the event, I kind of wish Phillips never showed up that day. But there we are. That's a that's you know. I reckon. you
4: think I showed up well, you know, on the park bench drinking cans. Right, well, so. that's true, <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> Yeah, so I went to watch Lamp in the Town or Samben if you're from up that way, and against Derry Stars in the Kenadigion League Division One. Yeah, Great.
0: Um, how was it? Uh,
4: just like yeah, just listen to the bit. Like I, I just want to say, uh, <laughs> no, nil, nils are fun. It wasn't nil, nil. It was one nil at the end, but it Spoiler. was a moral. <laughs> yeah, <okay>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: It was a, a drastically weather-affected game It was a hell of a breeze there And uh, it was ice cold And the ball You'll probably hear in the clip but Unless the wind's affected the clip b- b- badly But uh, the the ball It was one of those days Where the ball sounded like uh, a Torture to kick it was uh, it was just a stinging ball and just stinging conditions and
4: uh. I will I would like to add that my dictaphone was playing up in the wind. So you're gonna say something different <laughs> there.
2: But there we are.
4: <laughs> I was fully clothed. Yeah. Thank <laughs> fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So we we, we so I picked Rodri up and travelled to the fine university town and uh, of Samba Lampeter, uh, um, uh, to watch a, basically a mid-table clash in the Celtic League.
0: You just want to sort of lay down the fact that you know they're good football clubs, just bad football match. I've got
4: nothing against you, the clubs. The... We,
2: I think we picked the wrong day because it was a uh, yeah. The, I don't think the weather they matched uh, what what we were hoping it would be more respectable, but uh, the decent de- some decent players on the show. So uh...
0: well, uh, enough uh, enough talking. Let, let's hear uh, your day out. In Slambed uh, slash Lambertor,
4: we made it. We're in Slambed, and I'm here joined by. We're <laughs> answer to the Jack D. All right? Yeah, alright
2: rightly. Like.
4: Um, we're with Rodri. He's here on the blue drinks already, and we're late. Come on, off we go. Uh, missed the kick-off, uh, are playing in Newcastle's kit, yeah Lampard are playing in Newcastle against and Dewey, Dewey Stars, I thought they were playing Faldebrennan United but they're not they're playing Dewey Stars, I'm playing in what can only be described as a confusing uh, kit colours. Corner coming in here now. Can they press their advantage? No, no. <laughs> a good crowd here in Lambeth, apparently the home of rugby in Wales, according to a sign. The Derby Stars' is, uh, pressing game is uh, not giving Lambeth a sniff for the moment. Keeper kicks it over the halfway line. miscontrol, control, miscontrol. No team on top at the moment really. What you, would you say? Uh, last last five minutes of the camp had have been boxed and they just couldn't get out. So uh, in few minutes for so the home side. Terrible free kick, a waste of possession. Bitterly cold yeah in West Wales. Oh, they're in yeah? Again oh, the offside line, <laughs> the offside flag has come mm-hmm. back to haunt me as <laughs> I'm sure I've seen, I'll see another 260 of these today. He's currently having a word with the linesman. <laughs> I'm not sure if he's. What do you think he's doing? I think there was some bias on that decision. I don't think the lensman's up his place, you know. <laughs> I think he was talking to that bloke behind him. Oh, lighting a fag or something, yeah. Love a win, yeah. Will he get the call into the bar? We start. I've got a 19-year-old even more. I don't know how you describe his effort, but he's had a go and he's hit it about 30 foot over the bar into a nightclub formerly known as the Quarry. Incident here as a player goes down, clutching his face. Ref has waved fl- Oh, challenge is coming in here now. Everyone's shouting. And this has got a potential to simmer over, hopefully. Bloody freezing. he seem to stumble into these again. We've got L. Gregson on the bench for Sam Bed. Coaching, he is. Well, he's well, he's coaching. Uh, not many people remember him playing for the Swans, but he did play for the Swans. Bit <laughs> of information. So far, Rodri. Hell of a contentious tackling midfield gets the crowd going. What was your thoughts on that tackling? best nothing wrong with that, I think. Clear free kick, but uh, get on with the game. The uh, opinions of a man who's had a few cans of vodka there. Half time here in, I think it's called North Road, Lambed RFC, Stoke Football Club. Uh, nice to see both teams staying on the pitch. Which, in my eyes, is an idiotic decision because the wind chill factor is about minus 28. Yeah. Went into the club at halftime, but uh, obviously we're used to uh, watching a higher standard of football. Half-time was literally two minutes. We missed ten minutes of the second half. Uh, we got a, <laughs> we got a pint. Uh, how would you describe the goalkeeper for Slender? Kevin Pressman,
2: but he's, to be fair to him, he's in a much better Nick. But he's got a baseball cap on, so he's like a hybrid of Kirkland and Kevin Pressman, I think. This game's got a to end and they oh, Derry Stars almost take the lead. Freshman with a great save. I'm just trying to fucking
4: comedy his curse it a bit. We need some fucking goals, you know. I describe this game as a, a, a throw in purist game. As an advert for the Corsketer-Kenedigion League uh, th- we should have picked a better game really. Well, your van didn't, wouldn't have got further so we had to set up. Trigalum Reserves have been better than this, anyway. We just made it a kind of to pick me up, so uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of uh, machinery over there where you could potentially pilfer some diesel, I do Yeah that's, uh, <laughs> don't incriminate myself here, anyone wants diesel, text me. I've seen the, I've seen the hose pipe in the back of your car. I tell you what, Rodri, some Llam, Bird looked to have changed the tactic, They're passing short now. The only way this game, they need a game changer off the bench if either of these have somehow got Carlos
2: Alba on their books. <laughs> uh, maybe someone would have.
4: Great tie there for that. La- oh, sorry, <laughs> I was watching the rugby there. <laughs> um, uh, another pass goes out to play for the throw-in. <laughs> <Throwing> number eight hundred eighty-seven.
2: Badri in the in the Lampeter Club. I uh, give uh, one out of ten. Uh, uh, some horrible answer after this. Don't wanna, don't label them but maybe it's a wake-up call.
4: A, ba- a pint of Badri, please, drive. In a, uh, <laughs> this has summed the this is Sunday up my pint of badges is just been blown onto my leg. Leg is soaking, talk is soaking. Phillips is not, <laughs> not a good day for Phillips yeah. Oh that's a cynical foul. The ref's completely missed it. Oh centre half's going for the striker, yeah. Oh, and he's left for him. Oh god, this can get spicy yeah. Oh left it. Oh all yellow Five minutes to go, Willis get excited. I can only just <laughs> <laughs> Derry Stars are taking the lead. Fucking <laughs> scene. I literally just said I can see a Derby Stars winning
2: and the next move he's put it in. Finally.
4: Song of I had a Derby Stars. Good win for that late winner. Bye. I'll fight out later we Set up by your feelings a that and odds. Uh, Kinda of regret coming because I'm I can't
2: feel my feet. Uh, it's all right. It was destined to be nil-nil, but if anyone's gonna win it, it's probably the deserved winner's that. Phillips is uh, trying to jumpstart his van now, so. There we are. Oh, the, the doors just come off the, the hinge. Yeah?
4: A fucking gearbox. We'll we'll get the diesel for the wheel. we get a fucking pipe set. Do you know the siphon? Uh
0: as you can tell, very wind affected. But uh <laughs> Phillips, it was uh it sounded like a lovely day out.
4: Yeah, well, it was a lovely day out. I think Roddy had a better day out with me because he's drinking all afternoon. Uh yeah. Uh, that that's the benefit of being the passenger. It? So uh, that that was the
2: that was the only caveat for me tagging it along is if I could bring cabins. So uh, it's the only way to get through an afternoon with Phillips most of the time. So.
4: In totally underrated news, if anyone needs some diesel, let me know. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, Phillips, great to hear uh, from you and uh, hear about your adventures once again. Um, Rod, do us do us the, do us a favor.
2: Yeah, off you go, Philip. Don't, don't, don't dare come near my house on uh, this weekend. I want some peace. <laughs>
4: you stay on that park bench, pal. There we are. Then.
0: Welcome back to part two of uh, the pod. We're going to start with our game, uh, as we, uh, as is now tradition. Uh, the game I have chosen is. Uh, Connor Roberts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the game i've chosen chosen is a uh, uh a classic uh it was the first game back with fans um a full a full stadium 8th of september 2021 wales nil estonia nil um obviously Oof. we we could potentially be taking on estonia in a couple of months whether in a friendly or in the playoff final uh that is yet to be decided um so i thought uh I'd uh, go back into the archives, and, and I pulled this one out. An interesting game, a um, frustrating game from what I remember. Uh, who won last time? Rod, I think it was you, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, I, had a, I had a clean sweep last time, didn't I, I think? Yes, you did, yeah. yeah. Well done. Uh, would you like to go first or second on this one? Um. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to let Cows go first, I think. Nice. I gotta, interesting. Switch it up.
2: yeah. Kaus. Yeah. Um would you like to uh <laughs>
0: kick, kick no trips up there?
2: Doesn't make any difference, Dry.
1: It doesn't make any difference. Right? Make any no, difference. No. He, he could go fourth <laughs> and he'd still win,
0: mate. Yeah.
1: Hey, you had a good start. Don't let's
0: not, you know, let's not let a couple of bad weeks um rock the boat.
2: I can't wait. I can't wait for um, Colin Roberts if he ever has a testimonial. <laughs> and we're still doing this game and he hasn't played it. <laughs>
0: so who would you like first, Kous?
1: <laughs> um I so, so just go for it. I may as well just go for it. I'll just uh-huh. get it out of the way, Colin Roberts.
0: Incorrect, he didn't play. Oh no, he's doing it on
1: purpose now. I was looking he's never played for oh, not <laughs> even score
0: Turkey. I was looking through <laughs> the games and I was like, oh, we we might play Estonia soon, so let's do that. And I looked at the game and I was like, Bloody hell, he didn't even play in this one. We're gonna have to do it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh yeah, right. I, don't, I don't think he's any of
2: your <laughs> games yeah. he he is, He is Finland. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Oh. Does Connor Roberts exist? All right then, Rod, um, your go. Oh, just trying to think now if he didn't start.
2: Um, oh no, I don't know. I'm just I Danny Ward, correct.
0: One nil. Cows. Uh,
1: right, I'm going to go for Dan James.
0: Correct.
2: One yes. Rod. What year did you say this was? Twenty twenty-one. It was the,
0: it was September yeah, twenty-one. Yeah. Just the, the first game uh, in the Cardiff Stadium Chris. with a full crowd after COVID. Okay, Gareth Bale, correct. Two-one to Rodri. Kaus just stay in it. What are you going for?
1: Well, it has to be Gunter. Chris Gunter has to have played.
0: Correct. Yeah, correct. Well done. Two-two. Yeah. Two. Rodri to win it. Oh, right, yo. Um,
2: gonna take a bit of a risk because I'm not sure whether this was around the time he was banned or whether I'm completely out by a year or two or a few months, but key for Moore.
0: He didn't start. No, no, he didn't. Ooh. It didn't come off the bench. Yeah. He might have been banned. I'm not sure, but he didn't feature. It wasn't on the bench. He must have been injured or banned. Right into sudden death then, cows. A lifeline. What are you going for?
1: Uh I will go for uh has Ben Davis been yeah. Nope, we Rod haven't said Ben Davis. Yeah, no oh, one, yeah, one said Ben, ben Davis.
0: Davis. Uh Ben Davis played, correct. Well done. Rod pressure's on. What's the score now. <laughs> yeah. uh, three two. It's
2: sudden death. Okay. Um Joe Allen
0: surely played, did he? He did, yes. Yeah. Well done. Three all. Oof. Over halfway. Kaus.
1: I'll
0: go for Ethan Ampadu. Correct. 4-3. This is, this is weird. To, to, One to for be the so ages. Deep. One for
1: the ages, so this is.
0: Yeah. Rod.
2: I think Mepham might have been back in the
0: He did. He dinner. was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Very good. Four all. What's going on here? I right. <laughs> wow. get dizzy.
1: Water. Three players to go. <laughs> I'll go for Harry Wilson.
0: Bang on. Now it's interesting. Oof. Right then, Rod, right. you've got two players to pick from. Who oh. are you going with? Have you done mental formation in your head? No. <laughs> <laughs> um.
2: Got a feeling we're missing a centre-back. And the left back, A left wing back, maybe. Um, Joe Rodon.
0: Incorrect. Yeah. House as one after not having Connor Roberts to begin with. Right. Um, <laughs> two two players missing. We played four at the back of that night. Rod, Gunter, Mepa, Mampadu, Ben Davis. Okay. So we had two, well, three midfielders: Harry Wilson, Joe Allen, and. Joe Morell. Joe Morrell, remember Of course. And then uh, I will, Dan James, Brett play? No, Dan James Ramsey, a, false then. nine. Nope, nope. <laughs> Tyler Roberts started. Bloody hell! What's yeah. on Mark,
1: Mark, Mark Delaney was going to be that next one <laughs> <man. laughs> No, I
0: Ben was, Johnson uh, on the bench. Tyler Roberts started. Um, two subs: Johnny Williams for Harry Wilson on thirty-six minutes, and Mark Harris for Tyler Roberts on sixty-three. Um, yeah, I
2: lose track of time because it's twenty twenty-four now. Twenty that game seems yeah. like it was last year or yeah. Eighteen yeah. minutes ago. But yeah, Christ,
0: that's a lot while well, ago Tyler He Hobbs, was so. I, he was bloody rubbish that night, from what I remember. I, I feel yeah, like, I, I feel I,
1: like the teams the teams changed quite quickly. Like, not a great yeah. deal, but there's like there's lads who have like who were like, you know, involved in like quite a few teams in a row and then just haven't been seen for about three years, like James Lawrence and people like yeah. that. Yeah. 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 I
2: was a I was a big um as a big Tiger, I was because I saw he had flashes of really good stuff with these Like very, very sporadic, but he never really did anything in a wheel stop,
1: did he? No. Never. He missed, really. he missed a one-on-one yeah. that night, I think.
2: Yeah. Um, I was, was going to say, flattered to the season. It,
1: think. It's always, it's always a bad sign when you don't have. You don't have people saying, oh, "I was, I was always a big Tyler Roberts fan." No, I was a big Tyler Roberts apologist.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, I was a, I'm a Dan James apologist as well, but that's working out quite well. But yeah, yeah. That, that Tyler Roberts thing, I've kind of given it. That's <laughs> it.
0: You're just a Leeds apologist, really, Rod. On you?
2: No, well, it's just, uh, they, they were scapegoats at Leeds, both of them. So yeah. uh, you know, I the Welsh side of me was protective of them, but uh, Tyler Roberts has never even done it in the Wales top. So yeah. Yeah he's had bad luck with injuries to be fair to the guy but uh... where is he these days is he QPR he's at Birmingham Birmingham fucking hell yeah he's been injured after season again oh, to, shock <laughs> there he we are fucked in here
0: yeah <laughs> yeah right uh on to uh, some questions to to wrap up um the podfather starts uh, he says it's february at the end of the week and it's a leap year uh, february 29th uh, like finland doesn't really exist uh, but who invented february 29th and when does anyone know i i
2: i do remember my dad telling me about his mate in school who was and he told me he was eight years old and i was like how does that work yeah because he was born on february the 29th and he'd only ever had like eight birthdays or something (laughs) actually on his actual birthday so yeah it's a bit of a headfuck date
1: i'm sure it's uh, i'm sure it was two uh two scientists uh, i think sir frank leap and um <laughs> and this Mr. John Year or something yeah. like that, I think.
2: <laughs> Not quite Sir Frank Leap. How did he get a knight to the John John yeah. did <laughs> uh, <didn't> do <laughs> John- down. John, like John
1: a- Year was fuming because he-, he only had an MBE, John like, <laughs> Year. So yeah, Frank Leap
2: <laughs> No, he was a uh, he was in uh, uh, massive Welsh nationalist John Year was <laughs>
0: yeah. turned it down, yeah. yeah. Uh but it was uh, it was uh, proposed in forty-six by BC um by julius caesar so uh
2: yeah i was gonna say romans they did all
0: yeah it's the julian calendar that we use uh named after julius so uh yeah there we are bit of bit of trivia for you fair play Uh, yeah good effort Jules. uh right evan williams what services do you like stopping off at and what food would you go for cows what are your your favorite um of the services
1: I don't know. There's some good ones. I don't. I don't like that. Is it? Is it Gloucester Services, which is the one yeah, where I, it's yeah you, you can't buy like branded products. Yeah, no, it's all
0: like you know, it's like a farm shop. Not a fan.
1: Yeah, it, like usually as as a socialist slash communist, I usually like unbranded products, but it's all like really <laughs> posh middle class sort of tofu and shit like that. Yeah, it's yeah. Not, not mark up on like, the prices
2: and stuff as well. Probably.
1: Yeah, it's very expensive there, isn't it? But no i i'm not a fan of that one i i went to uh um, i don't want to go on too long about this uh Tarnak richard services last night there was a lot of disgruntled brexham fans there um because they were waiting over an hour for their burger kings Ooh. Um so yeah that's that's on the shit list as well yeah um what's my favorite carewis services just by me love
0: it <laughs> yeah. so go there for an afternoon out sometimes do you
1: <laughs> yeah why not Love it. yeah
0: Um. Rod, what about you? Obviously, uh, can't be Pont-Abram uh, with its petrol prices, uh, but any other uh, standouts? Well, I've
2: never... I've, I have live so close, it would be a, would be a disgrace <laughs> if I needed a stop in Pont-Abram, really. But uh, uh, I don't know. I just can think of various uh, services stories I've got, like when I, a man nearly choked to death in read services on a KFC <laughs> chicken wing. So we'd have to do There's a Heimlich up. on him, which was... Oh, uh, Christ. Yeah. Yeah, that was a laugh. Um, and when I had to make a tra- um, mega bus stop in the Mago services when we left Cardiff for London <laughs> because the toilets weren't working and I'd been drinking before getting the bus. And I, the driver told me it was an unscheduled. So As a Well, it, <laughs> it was unscheduled for me not to have a toilet on board this bus. So you got to. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, so, I, for I that, stayed for that, I stayed in Yeah go on, Yeah I was just
2: going to say For that moment of relief I'll give Magos Services A shout out there Because uh, <laughs> I can remember how relieved I was to, to be able to have a piss So Nice uh,
1: I, I remember staying in Magos Services Because there's a travel lodge there after, after a Wales game Like over 20 years ago now uh, Must have been 2004 Yeah 2004 I think And I always remember uh, That's where I found out That Pope John Paul II Had died
3: <laughs>
0: You always remember Where you were <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: oh that's good that is good uh, um my London to Bridgette drives I usually do memory mainly because yeah, it's sort of a, a middle point um yeah. I do prefer a a services with a McDonald's rather than a KFC or Burger King and I prefer ones really? with sparring rather than WH Smith um but they're few and far between yeah. and you don't get them especially on the that M4 corridor um, um you don't get them there's a, the m1 has a couple of good ones can't think of newport pagnell maybe can't remember the other ones but uh yeah um i like Strencham as well Strencham's a good services big fan uh hopwood park uh also deserves a shout out um
1: what, what, what for Watford gap services because it's the original the, uh, dividing line between north and south apparently isn't it <laughs> yeah it's the original
0: first, <laughs> yeah, first, first ever services
1: uh, Watford Gap oh,
0: right. uh, I googled it um, well, I asked my girlfriend to google it once when I was driving because it came to my mind and I was like right I need to know google it for me what was the first services uh, and I think it's it's due to close uh, and I'm pretty sure I read that the Rolling Stones played there once anyway um, I digress <laughs> I feel like I'm Alan Partridge now um, yeah. and, on, and on that note a big shout out to Rob Phillips for uh, the radio oh, yeah. bit the other day uh, Anthony, Anthony is the greatest. Was yeah. uh, superb stuff. Uh, Just really like the, was it Nathan
2: Blake on co with him? Yeah, and he goes, "Oh no!" As soon as he said
1: it, Nathan right. Blake playing the, uh, the sidekick Simon role. There, like. Yeah, <laughs>
0: they are national treasures. Rob Phillips, especially, Brilliant. really oh, good great. stuff. Yeah. Um, Andrew Dowling asks uh, there's been some tasty tackles this weekend in football, can you relive a moment in your footballing career where you have either put in a solid tackle or where you let loose on the field and how it made you feel, now in my youth I was a fucking nightmare on the field, I used to get booked for descent used to think it was big and odd but it's not big and it's not clever um, Some of the stuff I used to shout, I did remember once I used to play in goal uh, and allegedly, I'd handled the ball outside the box, which I didn't. I uh, I remember that I didn't. It was a bad decision from the from the referee, and um, I spent the rest of the game shouting "handball" every time anyone <laughs> even did anything. Um, and I got a buck in for that. So, uh, yeah, did it make me feel better at the time? Yes. In hindsight, no. But um, you know, you live and learn. I was young and dumb, and I apologise to any referees that I might have upset back in the day. I am a much more calm presence on the football pitch because all I think about when I play now is uh, just trying not to die, basically. Just get through it. Yeah. <laughs> Can't worry about anything else other than myself. Um, Rod, I've seen you put some tasty tackles in. Um, yeah. Any any other moments where you might have let loose on a football pitch? Ah, well, well my couple of
2: season stint is right back for... Um every I was uh, playing a preseason game at uh, Bryn Rovers in Brynamman, and uh, it was uh, the referee had to tell me that if it was a preseason game and you hadn't put his cards, I'd be off because I swiped the striker down three times when he was through on goal, and <laughs> the third time the striker was going to hit me, and I said, "What do you want me to do? You're faster than me. <laughs> You're getting past me. I'm not letting you in on goal." So, and I knew the ref wasn't going to send me off. Um, yeah, and it's one of those ones where I was the right back where after four games into the season they stopped shouting stay in your feet to me because they just knew I was going to lunge in every time. So as one of those players I just enjoyed the enjoyed the crunching challenge and I think who asked this question? Dowling. Yeah, I was expect- I, I he's caught me Putting in one of my challenges. Yeah, so. very well. because they need to talk. ask me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. That,
1: that was that was memorable. That that was. Um, <laughs> they should hang that in the Louvre. That <laughs> <Yeah>. thing. That, <that'll laughs>
0: when it get just awesome. just a boil a chuck soup on it, that'll that'll. Yeah. Re-
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> um, cow. I'm sure you've had some moments on a football pitch, uh, over the years. Anything stand out?
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm sure. Sh- I'm sure that it- I'd say that there was. This is a genuine one now. Um. Played against, uh, I think it was it was definitely a San Didno team. I think it was San Didno Athletic. Anyway, um, I was assistant manager at the time, so, so I should have known better. But um, I, um, I sort of squared up to one of their players after a bit of a nasty challenge from, from me, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, sort of you know I had a bit of a coming together. After it and, yeah, and um, and and I, I sort of you know I sort of like sort of pushed him, and he threw himself to the ground theatrical theatrically so every time i went anywhere near him um for like he, he got a yellow card for that for, for like you know simulation or whatever so every time i was anywhere near him you know say there was say we had a free kick or a corner and there was a break in play i just like theatrically throw myself <laughs> to the ground the referee sent us both off
2: <laughs> i was like yeah.
1: fucking hell like it was just ridiculous it was, it was farcical but um yeah, so, so we had to walk to the change rooms together and both I'm going to fucking knock you out, mate. And all this <laughs> so um, But yeah, we, we just went into our respected change, change rooms, had a shower and then had a beer together afterwards. It's yeah. all good. <laughs> funny,
0: isn't it? It is funny how, <laughs> how people behave on a football pitch. It does really bring out the worst in people sometimes. Um, yeah. Right, Evan Powell, change of pace here. He says, I'm having soup for tea. Uh, vegetable soup, to be precise. Uh, so what are your picks for the best soup Might have had this before, not sure. Uh, We've covered most food over the years. Um, Quickly, Rod, favourite soup?
2: Yeah, I can remember answering this not so long ago. I think I said malagatoni, so let's stick with that, I think.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Goes.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I, I just very basic stuff. I like a bit of uh, tomato soup and uh, and chicken soup as well. Nice. Outstanding. I do like a bit of soup, especially when you're ill. I don't know if that yeah. actually does anything, yeah, that's, but that's, that's I think it's psychological, isn't it?
0: Digestible, that's, isn't it, and comforting.
2: That's why I think yeah. I don't enjoy having chicken or tomato soup anymore It's because it's the only time I had them when I was young, mm. was when I was ill, so it's a bad memory. <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, big shout-out to the leek and potato and butternut squash and chilli from me. Um, different vibes for different times, really. You know, different strokes, different fucking,
1: folks. Fucking London boy, listen to Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> don't start now. Don't start now. I'm on the. I can't. I ah. Uh,
2: my existential deliveries so, I can't the, the, have the, the, the,
0: the, <laughs> you playing into my existential crisis anymore, cos yeah. um, <laughs> I've got enough to deal with without you, bloody talking about my <laughs> like for butternut squash soup. Um sorry it's not a more working class vegetable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've had a, I like bloody turnips.
2: Had, <laughs> I have uh is parsnip is what kind is of parsnip class? middle class? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, is it? But I've become accustomed to the taste of parsnip now and I had curried parsnip once, I was alright. Um yeah. Soupy. <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> the, the vegetable chat brings us on nicely to, the, to a question from uh, the 94th minute. He says, uh, with the Cymru Premier being described as a farmer's league by uh, Gary Lineker, which Cymru League's manager would be the best fit to drive a piece of agricultural machinery? Now, I cannot look no, past Colin Caton. I-
1: Colin Caton, next. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they is <all>, <laughs> well, <yeah. Like>, literally. <laughs> I
0: saw the question and and didn't even have to think twice. Colin Caton, <laughs> number one. Um, I think that's his job anyway. I know he looks. Was he like a builder's merchant house or something?
1: Yes, yeah, he's got, he's got like his own that, building yeah. firm. Yeah, right. yeah, I've got to say though, you know, it's the same. Same Chris has got. I, I can I can just imagine now. Now Chris has got a bit of time. Chris Hughes. He'll be on his ride on lawnmower and stuff like that now, will
0: need Live in the tree. <laughs> yeah. Uh right. Um, what else have we got?
1: Oh yeah, good good question. This uh
0: Hugh Williams asked last week, but uh, it was after we finished recording. He said, Um, Jordan Davis, uh any chance we will see him back in the Wrexham first team? And how good is he potentially? Uh two seasons ago would have been mentioned in the same breath as Mullen with regards to the Welsh team. Klaus I know he's had a lot of injuries, but he doesn't feature much at the moment. What is going on with Jordan Davis?
1: Right. It's it's as simple as he's probably one of the most unluckiest players in in football because he plays in the same position as Elliot Lee, mm. who's just been outstanding. Um, so simple as that, really. I, I think prior to Jordan Davis getting injured, mm. uh, Jord, Jordan was getting picked ahead, ahead of Elliot Lee. He got injured. He was out for a few months. Elliot Lee's come in. He's been outstanding. hasn't put a foot wrong. Just been absolutely amazing. Championship clubs want to buy him. Now, you know his best chance would be for Elliot Lee to get a move somewhere else, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's happy at the race course. It's a shame for Jordan. Jordan's outstanding, and he's a he's an outstanding individual as well. He's such a good lad. Yeah. He so it's, a it's quite learning. gutting...
0: What's that? He's been through a lot in his personal life as well. He's, you know, he's been through a hell of teams. a
1: lot. He's, he's had, you know, a pretty, pretty tough year and a half, two years. But um, I really want to see him back because I think we can all doesn't matter who you support. The one thing you want is uh, local lads with that fire and yeah. passion in their belly to play, you know, play for the shirts. So, so yeah, I want to see him back in the team, but i got to be realistic and say it's going to be tough. And, you know, as for Wales, I mean, you know, he needs to get back in the Rexham team first. Uh, I've got to say as well, I take the opportunity that, you know, I was a big advocate for Paul Mullin to get in the Wales squad and, you know, that not not now, since his injury, that's took its toll. He's not the same player as he was last year. So it just goes to show, lads, we, we spoke about Tyler Roberts before, you know, you, you get injuries and, you know, yeah. it can really, really set you back a long, long way. So, you know, sometimes you need that bit of luck uh, in your mm. career to really make the most of the ability you've got.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. Uh, many a player over the years that, you know, could have been a lot better if not for injuries, um, but that is the nature of the beast. Um, a gear change now, literally literally and figuratively, uh, Liam Gerrity asks, when driving or trucking, what's your favourite gear change? <laughs> Uh, apologies for the same question <laughs> yeah. this week. No alcohol consumed this weekend. Cows uh, in the KA when you cruise in the the lanes of North Wales. How, yeah. What what what's your favourite gear
1: change? Well, I tell you, I can tell you my least favourite to start off right because a yeah. um, bit like the services because uh, third gear doesn't work on my KA. So <laughs> seconds to <laughs> third, second to third, phantom is gear. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got to go I've got to go from second to fourth now because of the 20 limits now that's made life a lot more difficult for me because right. you're never going to go you're never really going to go fourth doing 20 mile an hour but you don't really want to be going second either third gear is perfect for 20 mile an hour but yeah. I can't do it so so thanks Drakeford <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah so I'd say my favourite uh I like I like fourth to fifth. It's a nice little diagonal, isn't it? It's nice that one.
0: Yeah, I I think that's my one. Like you're you getting going and you you slot into fifth and you're away. Then you're on the motorway. You've, you're you're living free and easy on the highway of life. Um, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, Rod, what about you?
1: Yeah, what? Well, uh, yeah, Rod. What what do you do in your scan? In,
0: in your truck. <laughs> yeah, my Eddie Stoba.
1: Um, <laughs>
2: I gotta say, because I drive through more kind of. Uh, you know, forty mile per hour zones. That the uh, the lovely little slot back from third to fourth to really like kind of start picking up the pace to get out of a little built up area. That that's the that's the yeah. one for me. And then you can get that fifth going on the uh, country roads <laughs> out of the built up areas when you safely negotiated these um, yeah controlled restricted speed zones. <laughs> country
0: roads take me home.
2: Yeah. Something like that. Beautiful. But yeah, straight back. That I like that kind of yank back, you know, back into Yeah. Yeah. yeah here we go. Kind on. of Step on. Like a like a fucking pilot or something, you know. I, I imagine <laughs> that's what they have to do. Or was it forward they do? I don't know. But there we are.
0: Oh, good stuff. <laughs> good question, Liam. Keep them coming. Uh right, here we go. Boosh, here he is. To to round us up for the night. She's on her way again. Through London Town, where she keeps a tangerine, flicks through a magazine. Warbled Sheena Easton in Modern Girl. I do like to peruse a magazine. Could you recommend an excellent periodical that covers Welsh football and culture? Well, Bush. It's funny you should ask. I think the best question <laughs> have asked in a in a long time. Um but uh Alternative Wales is back for 2024. Four magazines, March, June, September, December. Hopefully a Euro special in June. We shall see. Um, We're going to be bigger. We're going from 44 pages to 48 pages. Four massive new pages. (laughs) We're going from A5 to B5. Now, I don't know the exact increase, but it is an increase. And we're going... To perfect bound, which is even nicer. So uh it's gonna be you're gonna want to buy it. You know, it features writing you won't see anywhere else. Um it features Rodri's Musins, which I'm sure he'll be back with this year. Um it features a whole lot of stuff. Um so you can subscribe now at alternativewales.com forward slash shop. Uh Boosh, an excellent question, and a lovely way to finish the podcast. Right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, Rod, before we finish, um, any closing statements, I was any trucking just advice? Ob-
2: observe there that basically, alternative wheels fans in the quality of the products gone like from Zoo magazine to FHM. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, pretty <laughs> much. That's,
2: that's yeah, comparable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cla- uh, so classy. Go so back to the days when classy I... <laughs> filth,
0: you know, rather than tacky filth, classy filth. Classy filth, yeah, like yeah yeah, for first
1: yeah and get it's, got, it. uh, it's got yeah. like a it's got like a q a with boost on like page three like what, what's your favorite sexual position <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah oh, but it,
4: yeah.
2: what it what it doesn't what it doesn't have like uh next magazine have is it doesn't have racist jokes from ray from kent in the middle <laughs> 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 yeah yeah uh I haven't got any trucking advice this week. It's, uh it's been a bit of a you know, truck's been packed up so uh,
0: Yeah, on the booze seat.
2: Yeah, that's the best advice I can give really is uh, don't don't get in your cab don't, and drink. Like, don't after, drink, after, don't drink a yeah, truck. Exactly, exactly that. Banging yeah. advice and just follow that to the T and you won't there won't be any trouble.
4: Yeah. Good stuff. Basically.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah, I've just one thing I've noticed in recent weeks is um uh, obviously, Boosh and uh, Liam Geraghty uh, live in a very, very similar part of the world, it, it, around the Chlandidno Junction area. I think there's only two miles between their houses. Mm. There's got to be something about the water in that part of the world. Yeah. yeah. To, uh, send these weird and wonderful questions, I think, hasn't it?
2: Yeah, um, cognac slipped into the <laughs> water
1: supply, <laughs> well, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it's, it, I think in Liam's case, it's definitely the Buckfast that's his uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> questions to go for him, but... Yeah, no, fantastic, brilliant once again, and um, yeah, just uh, get out and buy the um, buy the catalogue yeah. as I think uh, I think Phillips used to call it. Yeah, the ca- <laughs> yeah,
0: the pamphlets or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> absolutely right. I'm picking a song to play us out tonight. Uh, it's not by a Welsh act, um, but it is from an album called Yehi Da. It's Bill Ryder Jones's new album. Uh, he co-founded uh, the Coral. Uh, back in, day uh, he's from uh, merseyside uh, and has a as a big connection with wales named his album yeki darf crying out loud um and it's the song um if tomorrow starts without me uh it's a lovely song and um yeah that will play us out thanks again for listening thanks to Reese for his um the good chat we had uh nice to bring a bit of culture to the podcast for a change um and also Phillips, nice to bring a bit of travel um vlogging blog it was an audio vlog it's a podcast isn't it um. Yeah. 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 Cheers, Phillips. Um, yeah. Cheers, <laughs> cheers, Cows. Cheers, Rod. Don't drink yeah. a truck. And uh, we'll be back next week. Jocke about. Right.
1: So I play some games. But it ends